You're listening to Grassroots, www.innovationstudios.com. I am Marcus. This is a new series. This new series is called The First Step. Now, I've interviewed people over the years as part of the final curtain call, talking about legendary grassroots music and uh, people who have been around for many, many years. I've got some exciting interviews coming up. But I thought it might be nice to start chatting to people who were picking up music or rediscovering music at various um, times in their lives for various reasons. And some people have played guitar when they were kids and then didn't pick it up again until they were adults. Um, Some people never pick it up and then all of a sudden in the 50s or the 60s suddenly discover music. And that's the great thing about music. You can learn it at any time. And I've been working with this gentleman who's he's a dear friend of mine and I haven't uh, I don't see him as much as I'd like to. Um, but we go back probably 25, 30 years for various other reasons. We play cricket together. I taught his son, Oliver. So if you're listening, Ollie, hello, mate. Um, and I helped him with various projects and stuff like that over the years. And uh, all that did really was cement our friendship even more. And we've been recently working. He came to me about a year and a half ago and said, I want to write some songs. I've got these ideas. So he's discovered that side of it. So I'm going to give uh, the microphone over to John Wagstaff who is a dear friend of mine. John, how are you, mate? How's things? How have you been over the last few weeks? Because I haven't seen you. Over the last few weeks? Pretty yeah. stressed out, working <laughs> working hard, driving hard. Uh, as you know, my profession is uh, as a chauffeur, but uh, I suppose really my release valve is music. And uh, as you say, we haven't seen each other for uh, maybe a month or two. Yeah. And um, we've all had holidays, etc., etc., and been away. Uh, but it was... Looking at my guitar in the living room the other day, I thought, you know what, I need to get back and see Marcus. Um, and it wasn't to come back to play bass, but it was to say, I love the feel-goods, I love rhythm and blues, and I just thought, do you know what, if there's one man that can do it, Marcus can teach me to play <laughs> a little bit of um, blues oh, guitar. That. So I uh, here I am now, after a lesson, and I'm speaking to you. On a personal level, no more run-ins with Insulate Britain. No, I was ninth in the queue on the on the Lower Thames Street recently. It's a, it's a shame and, uh, you never had your bass guitar with you. You would have mellowed you out a bit. I think more. I would have probably been arrested having an offensive weapon. But uh, yeah, what a strange world we live in, John. Seriously. I know. So you've always been into music, right? As a kid, tell me about the young John. The stuff you were listening to when you were a kid. But what was it? Just the obvious stuff? Was it just the? Um, Left school in 79 and... Give me your age away now. I know. Left school in 79, but my influences, I can remember my first ever record I bought in 73-4 was T-Rex, Telegram Sam. Ah, great, yeah. And not that I was into that sort of glitz glam rock, but there was something about Mark Bowler and his voice sort of appealed to me. But really, the latter years, I went to a party around someone's house and... The album that was played a lot was Malpractice by Dr. Feelgood. Mm. And um, Going Back Home has always been one of my yeah, favourite songs. it's one of the first things we worked on when you started learning bass. And rock set. But we played it over and over again. And, uh, yeah, Dr. Feelgood sort of got imprinted in my head. Um, and then I went to a wedding as a kid, and I can just remember this drum kit being <clears> in this, this house... And the brother of the bride, Stuart, Stuart Douglas, I think he was the manager of Eddie and the Hot Rods. Okay. And then I sort of got into Eddie and the Hot Rods and just uh, basically loved their music. And then I saw them play live at the Lyceum. And I can remember Graham Douglas climbing up on top of the speakers and playing the guitar behind his neck. I thought, you know what, one day I want to do that. 
not climb the speakers, but play the guitar. <laughs> Keep um, me safe. But then, I suppose really, Boomtown Rats sort of mm. hit it for me. I remember their one of their first songs was um, "Looking After Number One," uh, like Clockwork. And I've seen Boomtown Rats probably about three or four times. And the one I really remember was um, at the Hammersmith Odeon, Fine Art of Surfacing, when they released that album. I think it was was that that would have been just been after the Tonic for the Troops. Okay. So yeah. Local bands, Feel Goods, Eddie and the Hot Rods. But I have to say, there was another band that really sort of hit me, was, and probably no one's, well, they may have heard of it, but I know that night, um, Eddie and the Hot Rods, when I saw them before the Lyceum, was at the um, Queen's Mary College at Marlin Road. Okay. And they were supported by Mark Andrew and the Gents. Okay. And then Nine... Uh, Nine Below Zero came on. Ah, right. Um, I can't do my homework anymore. And, and, and when he came on, I can't remember the lead singer's name, but he had those sort of circular glasses, but he said this is one of the feel-good numbers. And they sort of based themselves on the, on the feel-goods. But, yeah, it was catchy. It was good. I remember you told me once that Wilco was either a teacher at the school you went to or was was it Wilco was your yeah, teacher? Yeah, he left, I joined. I mean... <laughs> uh, he was at King John's <clears throat> School. He was, I believe he was an English teacher. And um, I think he, if you look back on his autobiography or, you know, his Wikipedia, he was actually a teacher at King John. And I joined in 74 and I think he left in the summer that year to, you know, progress with his music. But, right. um, yeah, I, I just think he's just, you know, just brilliant. You know, I'm obviously listened to him recently with Norman Watt Roy, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah, the yeah, guy Norman, from, yeah. um, he was in, was it Ian Drury in the Blockheads? He was with the yeah. Blockheads, yeah. But no, he was there. But also Graham Douglas, he was a teacher as well. Right, OK. Yeah. There's a theme there, isn't there? Because yeah. Sting was a teacher. Sting was a teacher, yeah. Yeah, and and, and uh, yeah, it's just obviously something mm. there. You move in those circles, yeah. maybe you just uh, you yeah. just. I, I suppose if you move in those circles, you you kind of bump into people at the Union Bar and stuff like that. Yeah. I, don't, I don't really know. So you, you've I think you, you've pretty much got everything on a feel goods, haven't you? What in album wise? Yeah, pretty yeah, much. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I suppose Malpractice will always be my favourite album, but. Um, you know, watching Lee Brillo uh, perform live, and I remember mm. them at the Paddocks, Canvey Island, when they supported Elvis Costello. Okay. And also Rockpile was there, Nick Edmonds. Right. Is that right? And um, No, Nick Lowe and Nick Dave Lowe. Edmonds. Yeah, Nick, uh, yeah, Dave Edmonds and Nick Lowe. That was at the Paddocks, Canvey Island. Okay. And I can remember standing there watching it, and I looked to the side of me, and Suggsy was in the crowd. Oh, right. Yeah, it was there. And this was must have been early 80s. Does but, it take uh, you somewhere when you hear malpractice? Do you go back to that party in your head, or have you sort of you've listened well, to it so many I, times? It's I, a yeah, it, it's, it's grown up with it. Yeah, down by the jetty and stuff. Like that. I don't think that was on the actual album, but you know, I do also my part time not only to pick up the guitar, but I do a lot of photography, and I've often gone down to the jetty, and you just it's an escape valve, and um, I just like to take photos of scenery, you know. Uh, whatever you want to call it, mm. long exposure where you've got the waters, you sort of blur it and you've got the jetty in the background and you think, God, this is where the Fielders had a lot of their photo shoots. Mm. You know, and, you know, Lee Brillo. You met Lee, didn't you, at the Grand Hotel? Oh, uh, he was, I didn't actually get to speak to him, but I, it was just before, I think, you know, I think he passed away in 94, I can't yeah. remember, but it was, um, I can remember him sitting on the bar stool at the Grand and I just said to him, I said, oh, I just love your music. But So one of the concerts I'd love to have gone to would have been uh, when they performed at... Um, Crocs, which is now the pink toothbrush. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really great. So, as a photographer, right, so would you agree that photography is kind of creative? So you're yeah. creating something and you see something. So when it comes to songwriting, 
It's painting with light, really, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is. If you're painting with light, then songwriting is painting with words, yeah. I suppose. In, in as much as what you're trying to do is... Yeah. Like, you're seeing the life through the lens. You're seeing... You want people to see what yeah. you see, or yeah. at least tune into what you're seeing. But music is kind of... You want people to feel what you feel, or... Well, if you think... Since we started this get-together, I think it was just when lockdown came and we did it on Zoom, didn't we? We did, and, yeah, uh, and, yeah. And Skype when we couldn't see each other in the studio. And having revisited playing the bass guitar with you, you went over some of the songs we used to play together. Um, what was the one? with Year 3000 and stuff. And it got me back into it. And when we came out of lockdown a little bit, we came in the studio and you, you went over it. And I thought, Do you know what, this is brilliant. And I thought, I'm not that bad, but I'm not that good. And I said a stupid question to you, can I write my own song? And you yeah. said to me, well, you can do what you want. You can, you can do it. And I think we based it on the first song, My Town, was going to be... Remember I keep going on about that thing when I saw it on the stage when that band... Was it Green Day? They it's Green got, Day. They, they got people the people out, the out of the ground. And I just loved that beat. And you said, it sounds like this. And I said, yes, that's what I want to do. I mm. want to write a song. If I can just write one song and get up on stage and jump around for three and a half minutes, <laughs> I've achieved it. You know, it's 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 like a bucket list. You want to go to a country or you want to go and see mm. a sporting event. I just said to you, can I write a song and maybe one day we perform it live? Well, you were clear with that. You were like, I want to write a song. Yeah. It, it wasn't like you suddenly said to me, I've got this idea for something. Yeah. You sort of said, no, I want to write a song. It's just something you wanted to do. Yeah. And it's like, it's not happened before, and yet you're a creative person in terms of, cameras and stuff like that yeah. but and music... i think we 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 wrote that song because we were in lockdown and some of those um uh lyrics you helped me with when when the, the skies are all clear because there's no one flying around that's and, right yeah and the shells are all bare uh it's just brilliant i mean i can't remember the lyrics now because it's some time ago, <laughs> it was a long time it, ago yeah. it? <laughs> but i i just loved it um and i think now we're just about to produce our sixth song together yeah but I have to say, playing the guitar is like taking my photographs. You know, obviously, lots gone, been gone on in my life in the last two and a half years, not just the lockdown, but personal things as well. But taking pictures of sporting events or buildings or architecture, stuff like that, or, or, it's great. But then when you can come home, you do your editing. Yeah. But when you're at home, you've got your guitar as well. You play your songs, you put on a backing track, and it's just it's an escape valve. And yeah. you know, I, I will say to anybody out there listening to this podcast, I'm 58 years of age. I started playing the guitar with you, Marcus, in 1999, as you taught my son Oliver, and it was a case of trying to play alongside him. And I'm now 58, and if people say you can't learn to play the guitar, you can. It's if you want to do it, you will do it. Mm. And I know you're my teacher tutor whichever we want to call it having someone like you and you know if anyone's out there has got sons or daughters they want a good guitar tutor you're very approachable and you're adaptable and, and you understand <clears throat> and you can talk in a, a simple way but it was if you've got somebody who's been playing music for a long time you can talk into a, as i would say maybe a technical way uh and talk about oh, i appreciate talk that. about scales and chords <laughs> I appreciate But I would, you know, reading music, forget it, but yeah, maybe one day. As long as you can read what's in front of you, as long yeah. as you can play it in time. Yeah. Um, so, God, take me back. So, some of those songs, that, some of the first, what was the first thing we did? It wasn't Year 3000 that we did the first first song. Boulevard's A Broken Dream, was it? Might have been, yeah, it might have been. I think we, we were in the studio um, and it was Year 3000, Boulevard's A Broken Dream. 
Uh, we did that Britney Spears one by which which Travis Shh, don't give did. It away. No, but Travis did it, didn't they? <laughs> yeah, we can we, get it. Yeah, it was. Um, it's a technicality. We didn't play any I, I, Britney what Spears. What I quite liked about that song was it uh, "Baby One More Time." Yep. We then fed in "We Will Rock You" as well, didn't we? Yeah, I think you did. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Because Matt was on the drums. Was Matt yeah. on the drums? I mean, to everyone's listening, I mean, through Marcus, he sort of put our band together. Uh, we had Carl as vocals, Carl Wilson, Carl Wilson, uh, yeah, Oliver was my rhythm guitarist, or our rhythm guitarist. Uh, a friend of his, Lewis Powell, he played the rhythm guitar. And I was on bass, and you sort of helped out with the vocals as well. Mm -hmm. And Matt was on drums, wasn't he? Yeah. And uh, I think that one of the best gigs, well, the only best gig I ever did was at the Cricket Club. It was the Golden Jubilee 2012. I think it was Bank Holiday, was it Bank Holiday Monday? It, it, yeah. Well, no, because they were two bank holidays that year, didn't we? Yeah, that's right. And we actually did it on the Tuesday night. Right. And you know, people say, you know, I don't know, some of these top bands, Oasis play in front of, what, 80,000 people at Wembley. <laughs> I played in front of 85 people at the cricket club. That Still was, feels yeah. good, though, doesn't it? But it was good, though. And uh, to have a, a venue like that sort of packed out, I've, I've done it. I've performed on stage, playing the bass guitar, I might add. <laughs> and uh, you as a singer, I just thought it was great. It was absolutely fantastic. And then we did the party, didn't we? All of us, 21st yeah, and stuff. But I can always remember, I think it was my uh, was it my 40th or something like that, with your wall-to-wall -wall band. Wall-to-wall -wall played it, yeah. Yeah, we did the yeah. Status Quo Medley, didn't that's we? That's right. Yeah. yeah. Another band that's influenced me as well, because um, not only do I, you know, watch Sting play, you know, you know, I admire his um, music just... ability, but Rhino as well. You and met I Rhino, said, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, I met Rhino. I met. I Brentwood Centre. Brentwood Centre. I was fortunate enough to meet Rick Parfit. They had autographs, photographs taken, so that was good. Yeah. Yeah, it can't be a bit of a quo. No. And it's probably crazy, isn't it? Crazy eight, crazy eights as well. Crazy eights. Yeah. Yeah. So you, when, when you're going through and you get an idea for for something, because you, you're you're pretty specific with what you when you talk to me, you don't sort yeah. of say I've got an idea for something. You say, I want to write a song about this, and we've had a conversation about this where I think. One of the early things that we did, you said to me, what do I do? Just write something down? Or I've seen a man and he's having a fag or whatever. And I yeah. said to you, no, you, you've, got to, you've got to sort of look at why is he having a fag? Is it his last fag? Is it his... First fag. Or is it his first fag? <laughs> mm. is, is someone stood next to him? And in that particular situation, if they're yeah. right next to him, they're family. If they're mm. six foot away, they, were, they weren't family. So you yeah. can tell a lot by that picture. And I think it kind of grew from there. Like when we were trying to put stuff together and you were saying, I need a little... It was, it was lockdown, wasn't it? It was, yeah. it, it was my town. It was trying strange... to tell people what I was going through. Um, you know, it did affect me you know, having not been able to work and then have two months of sitting around doing nothing. And it was a case of, well, let, let's pick the guitar up and put some lyrics together. But um, we did my town. Um, and I think we did me and you. Me which I wanted to tell everybody about, you know, going into the studio that, to, you know, I met a man who can, you know, help me write the song and stuff. <laughs> uh, but, you know, one of my favourite ones is obviously, you know, because um, my personal life changed quite uh, drastically in a way that I got divorced. But uh, uh, I met a new partner and um, we wrote that song you know, has it really been a year? And mm. th there were some really good lyrics there you helped me write. Yeah, there were, touching, yeah. yeah. I mean, I try, I, I always try, I don't want to write the song. What I try and do is mm. I'll say to you, what about that line? What about this? And then yeah. I'll let you elaborate on it. Mm. Because, it, it, you know, it's, there's no point in me sitting there and saying, I know what I'll do. Yeah. You know, you want to write a song about this, how about this? But I, I've 
put a couple of chords together and then we'll sit down and I'll say to yeah. you, do you think we should maybe throw this in there? And you, you're always on at me for a middle eight. Yeah. And I think I have a middle bit. I think also I, you 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 buzz off me and I buzz off you and I, I you know I get excited with it. I say, yeah I like that I want to do that and <laughs> I just and I say right can we finish it no you could calm down you just got to get the introduction I have done. to rain you got, in we so have to yeah. rain me in we got to do <laughs> you know the riff and everything and I just think you know going from my town to me and you and then on to uh, has it really been a year uh, it, they're different songs yeah different melodies but then we had to sort of revisit that status quo sort of um, theme and I said mm. let's do let's rock this Christmas and uh, it's a shame we could never perform that live together because A I'm not good enough and <laughs> <laughs> B we were still in lockdown last Christmas <laughs> made it but, uh, but hopefully um, you know we've, we're going to put this sixth song to bed uh, which obviously we're writing about um, my uh, dog that uh, unfortunately passed away during lockdown which I was very very close to uh, we'll have six done um, get two more in the new year and then I can hopefully get that album out there for everyone to listen to. Um, produced and engineered by Marcus Brown. Oh, but please. we don't know what our, our name's going to be yet. We, we, <laughs> we toyed with it, didn't we? We were going to have we're going to have John and Marky, but uh, J and M for Jam. But you, know, I don't you think never know. Now. You never know what what's no. going to happen with with yeah. titles. Things like that just work themselves out, mm. and you can't. It doesn't always. So we, as I said, we hadn't seen each other for a while when you when the lockdown happened and you wanted to pick up the guitar yeah. again and get back into it. Did you pick up the bass during that interim period? Because we hadn't probably yeah, I spoken did. for I, I mean, I, three or four years, I reckon. I, I suppose, yeah, the band dissolved, really. I mean, just to let people know, I mean, as I say, my sons are like 30, 27 and 24 now. But it, the reason, going back all those years, Matthew, the drummer, went to university, so he didn't have a drummer. Uh, Oliver wanted to play more cricket and then moved away and it's just like well there I'm on my own I thought well it's just got to go onto YouTube get some backing tracks try and teach myself I thought well hold on a minute I'm going to teach myself incorrectly I need to get back and see Marcus and you know it's I'm never going to play in a band again I know you say never say never but um, I just love live music and uh, I just one one of these days it may happen it may you know it may but uh, I say it again you never say never yeah you got to, you got to give yourself. A I break. can just see myself one day watch, going to watch you play, Marcus, and you might say, "Guess what? Nick's or whoever the bassist, guitarist is, he's ill. Come on, quickly!" I thought <laughs> <laughs> it might have to be air guitar, though. No, Doesn't matter what it is. No, it's just, but, no, it's. I, I've I've seen you perform many a time, uh, not just as a duo, but wall to wall. We go back a few years on that one. Yeah, it's uh, scary. Your, your, really. your Oasis band. I mean. Is that, I mean, I, I think who I don't know who was more surprised you or me when I turned up in Bristol. Yeah. I saw your dad in the crowd, and you know, you know, rest in peace, your dad. Your dad yeah. was a great guy, but he said, "Oh, he's out the back. He's out the back." And I, I went down the sort of sideway, and there you do. What are you doing here? I said, "Come to see you." <laughs> yeah. yeah, you'll be late home, but, wouldn't you, uh, from Bristol? Yeah, but it, it happened to be that I was visiting my family down there, and. Um, I think you said that you were down at the tunnels, and I yeah. thought, I'm going to bring along my nephew. And uh, I think Oliver and Matthew came as well, and they were yeah, really I think young. They did. Um, yeah. And it was just such a good gig. Because Chilcott ran it, didn't he? Gareth Chilcott, the ex England rugby player. So you, player, met, him, yeah. you met him a yeah. few times. It's not there anymore, John. It's no. not. They, I'm not sure what happened, whether it was whether he sold mm. it on. But we were booked to play it, and then we got a phone call just say it's not happening. That was just yeah. before the lockdown. But, um, um, yeah, but I know talking about Oasis and. Um, Familiar to Millions is another good 
was it an album was it or was it just a video it was just a live yeah, yeah live album it came out on CD and... but I think also the reason why all of us started playing guitar I mean when I used to work in the city and money broke in uh, I looked after a Japanese guy and uh, he was over here for a, a year or so and then he had to go back to Tokyo for family reasons and he played guitar and because I looked after him you know making sure he knew where to go and where not to go in London and you know that sort of thing and um he gave me his guitar and it was a pink paisley mm. not not the fender usa it was a, it's the japanese one and i had it for about six years and i thought you know what i need to play this but i never did until today we've you know we've done a, a blues lesson but oliver that sort of inspired him to come along to see you mm. you know obviously got to know you through cricket and stuff and, yeah. you, and you said that you're a musician and you're in a band and you were doing private lessons and that pink paisley has been with us ever since. And no, I'm not going to sell it to you. No, no, no I'm never going to give no, it to you. But, <laughs> but no, it's it's always uh, worth a try. No, it's a similar one to what Noel played. Wasn't it, it is very yeah. similar. Yeah, yeah. It's the the pink one from from Wembley. Yeah, but that was the reason because I remember you saying I've got this guitar and I don't know what to do with it. Mm. So you said I just want to feel like I want to play it. Yeah. Where's the problem then? I think at home we've got about five guitars. Yeah, quite a few in the end. You got um, well, there's the green strat which Epiphones. Oliver first learns on. Yeah, the black Gibson. Yeah, I remember rehearsing. We used to rehearse in the up in the room, didn't we? Because you were you yeah. were room room, room sixty seven was the band. Yeah. Room sixty seven. Yeah. So you rehearse up in the front, and it was uh, it was a room at sixty seven. Yeah, room sixty seven. That was all huddled the band, in there working yeah. stuff through, and um, yeah, I remember it. And he said, Marcus is coming around, and, and I was kind of just cracking a whip a bit, trying to get everybody to be there. And then yeah. I, uh, the rehearsal would finish, and I'd get an email from you, and it'd be like, "This is the rundown of rehearsals. This is how it's going to work, and stuff yeah. like that." And then. Yeah, we had I had fun doing it because it was um, it was an adventure. Yeah, and it, and the quickest way to learn is to put yourself in a band. Yeah, you know you, you can practice at home, but I've said this I've said this on a podcast. I've said this in person. The best way to do it is to learn about music because you know a fair bit about yeah. music. You've you've listened to so many different styles, right? When I talk to you about music, you know different artists mm. and different. And then all of a sudden, when you're playing it, you get an idea of how. It's structured like an even bigger idea of how it's structured. I just remember the first song we did. I think it was Passenger. Passenger. Because it was an easy bass line, and everything. And all these people are listening at the moment. It just. Uh, I think we were dominated by what, what can John Wagstaff play? What can we play? Well, yeah. Well, it's what he can play. <laughs> oh, you did. And then everybody else. Yeah. There was. Um, was it like Iggy Pop, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It was the passenger. We did the passenger. Was one. We had, I think there was about four that Boulevard were... Boulevard of Broken Dreams. Boulevard of Broken Dreams was 3, one. Oh, you too. You too. With or without me. Yeah, with or without you. That's an easy baseline. Yeah, but it ain't... You know, but the truth of it is, you, everyone's got to start yeah. somewhere. And, I mean, my brother Steve, when he first joined Wall to Wall, was, was just had a few chords and that was it. And then we said to him, the best way for you to improve is to, is to throw yourself in the deep end. Hmm. And if you don't throw yourself in the deep end, you'll only wonder... See, now you don't wonder, you know yeah. that you've done it, you've performed and you've you've played a show and you've rehearsed and you've written a song yeah. and you know. Yeah. So you ain't going to wonder for the rest of your life what it's like to write a song because you know now. Yeah. And you're not going to wonder what it's like to play a gig because you did it. Mm. Um, and I'm proud that you, that everybody did it, that Oliver grew because when yeah. I first met him, he was probably 10. 10, 11 years, was, yeah. You know, this little kid. And he, and he just wanted to play Wonderwall, didn't he? Yeah, he did. They all want to play Wonderwall. Yeah. But yeah, and then I remember I, I got talking to you. I mean, I knew you anyway, but we yeah. were chatting and that. And um, back then, I was teaching at my nan's. Oh, that's right, across the road. Do you remember from that? Four stones. Yeah, we had to I was go teaching upstairs, at my nan's. Yeah. yeah, you had to up her in the flats because when yeah. I first started, I had my little 
um, my granddad's old room, I think it yeah, was, just yeah. down the end. Um, and yeah, a little set up. And now I've got my own studio now, so I've got up in the world. How'd you yeah, get yeah. on? You got any better? Because I've got my own studio now. <laughs> yeah, no, I've got my own car. <laughs> <laughs> no, but no, it's. It, it, I would have to say it's been tough, it's been, but it's been very enjoyable and because it's it's like anything you're only going to get better if you practice mm. and um it's the way you teach and the way you've taught oliver and you're teaching me now uh it's just been you know it's been smooth it's just been it's relaxing in in, in the environment now and as you say you're having a studio and and you know the mixing desk and in the way you record things and it, it's you actually feel that you you know you're involved you, you you know as if you're actually playing live but um i do hope that one day you know we can uh, whether we have a summer party or a barbecue say marcus there's the guitar i'll go and get my bass out let's have a little jam and stuff but uh, there's no reason why yeah. that wouldn't happen. but i do respect you in a way that i mean because you're a professional um musician and teacher you're not going to perform unless you know that other person's good enough because at the end of the day if someone doesn't play that well next to you it maybe sort of tie your reputation it's not <laughs> especially if I get up and never, and the women throw the knickers at me and not you well, that, that, <laughs> that's always a problem that's all right. and they never wash them either they just no, roll I know. <laughs> but you always said that yeah well, you always said you know do you remember doing the quote medley up at, uh, at Hadley for um, would have been about 2002 I played and, and I got you I think it might have been Oliver as well no it was at the uh, uh, golf the club was it at the golf club it was a golf club, yeah. Yeah, because we did Jam Side Down. Um, oh, Jam Side Down. Caroline, was, I think yeah. it was, was another no, one. No, I think it was Down Down, Down Down. It wasn't Jam Side Down, it was uh, Down Down. Uh, yeah. Caroline and the other one, uh, Rocking Up, I don't know. Because you had the Dean bass, didn't you? Because you had the, you've got the No, Dean. I didn't know. I think in that days I had the Sunburst Squire. Um, was, oh, did you? Yeah. No, the Dean bass wasn't until later on. The red one? Yeah. Yeah, Dean Edge bass, and then now you've got a um, got Fender, Fender Precision, yeah. didn't you? That was Fender. um Phil Mitchell sorted that out for you, didn't Yeah, you? I mean, as I said... You had his for a while, didn't you? You bought his to a couple I, of... I um, always, as I said to you earlier, to everyone's listening, Phil Goods has been a very, very um, big part of my life and my music, listening to. And uh, I was fortunate enough to, to meet Phil Mitchell and got introduced to him. And I just said, you know, is there any chance I can have a couple of lessons? And he gave me his phone number, uh, and he lives over in um, Hockley Way. And I went round there, and it was obviously a lot different from the way you teach, and uh, got a couple of lessons off him and came back and saw you. And I just said, look, I'm thinking about buying a new guitar, and I said, I want one like yours. And he actually gave me his car, the guitar to sort of practice and play, and I just said, well, if you can get me a, a Fender Precision, black. And he, and he did, and um, I gave him the money, and he turned up uh, trumps with it. And uh, I think, I don't know how long I've had that now, probably... 18 years now, but um, and I got the Dean bass, which uh, is uh, where you put the battery in the back. Active, active, yeah, yeah, yeah Dean like bass that. was all right. It's just different because I suppose really Rhino being an influence, he had that red one, but he had the, is it the, the neck where you tune it in. It's not uh, yeah, fretless, yeah, it's no, like what's it called? headless bass, like headless a headless bass, bass yeah, no, I like no headstock. It's called, it's not a stag. It's I should know, but I, yeah. I don't, but um. Being in the front row watching him perform, you know he's got he's got a hell of a technique. You know you can see his arms down like that. It's like if it's like dislocated, but uh, <laughs> you know he's um, hell of a bass guitarist. What's the best thing about music, and what's the most frustrating thing about music for you? Best thing about music is when you listen to it, it just takes you away from all your problems. And you know I don't care what anybody says. Everyone has a problem or an issue. You know not with people, but you know something might have happened in your life. Yeah. You know it could be. 
a member of your family's passed away or a dear old friend or something's gone wrong at work it's I mean I, I drive to work every day and I can just put and I do put a lot of Noel and Liam on or um, you know listen to um, Eddie Nortwells or Dr Feelgood mm. but yeah it's an escape valve it's it, it's it's therapeutic, if that's how I pronounce it. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, that's but, therapeutic. So I yeah. just, and then when you listen to some of our songs we've done together, you think, you know, I've done that, mm. and you know, and hopefully it will get out there when we get this album produced. What's the worst thing? I think the worst thing is when I come to you and I say I want to do this, and I've got, an, and then you teach me it. And it's a lot more difficult than <laughs> it's like today. I mean, the blues guitar, I had these ideas, I've listened to YouTube, and I'm trying to control the lesson, and I'm not the teacher. You're the teacher. And then I turned around to you and said, do you, do you want to teach me the way you want to teach me? And you went, yeah. And you went through these scales. Mm. But, um, yeah, I don't think there's any bad thing about it. It's just, it's just having belief and thinking, yes, you can do it, but you're not going to be able to do it like that. You've no. got to go away and listen and learn. Um, but yeah, good things is you can switch off and 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 listen and and then even if well, I say switch off, but if you said to me, oh, there's a certain band playing locally, uh, I mean, I, I was really a bit disappointed I couldn't go and see um, Graham Douglas last play down at the Chalker Park Tea Rooms because he did say on social media that that was going to be the last time he was ever going to perform in the Southland area. Yeah, I heard about because that. he lives south of the river now. Um, but yeah, it's uh, I mean. It was just by coincidence, you, you say, listen to bands. I, I was down with my partner uh, down the Old Town oh, last month when it was quite warm on a, on a, a Sunday and uh, a local band called Junior Jumper playing and they're raising money for cancer research and stuff mm. like that. And they took the and it was just outside the billet. So it was free to get in because okay. you were passing by. But they you were know, a 12-piece band and, you just, and it just, you know, just stood there watching, having a beer mm. on a Sunday afternoon. Great. There's no other. I mean, there's nothing else like that. Yeah. Football's a different atmosphere. Sports a different atmosphere. Yeah. But any gig, any song, any any style, you can take from that exactly what you want. Yeah. So th this is when we, when we said about writing songs. Um, it's not like you're writing necessarily from. If you get too personal, then people can't relate yeah. to it. But if you take like the emotion of something, yeah, then people can relate to it. Well, that's right. I think. Songwriting is like people, if something's happened in their life and you listen to some of the songs that people have written and can mm. be really, really heavy. Um, and I can't remember some lyrics, but, you know, some of the Pet Shop Boys, you know, put a gun against his head and you think, well, what's all that about? You know. Yeah. Says, but I think the songs that I've written, you know, certainly Me and You is about us in the studio. Mm. Uh, has it really been a year? It's me and my partner. Mm. My Town, what's happened to affect... You know, Jesse, we're writing a song about, you know, my dear old dog that unfortunately I lost last year. Um, and let's drop this Christmas because we want to have a party. Um, <laughs> and there was another one I can't We've remember. We've got to get a Christmas song but, in there. You know, what's the last one we did? My World. My World. Now, that's also something which, because I take a lot of pictures, mm. um, and I always remember a song um, by um, the band Boomtown Rats having my picture taken. Yeah, that's you right. Know, and I, I quite like that. It was catchy. And that's what I thought, do you know what? I take pictures. I take photos. Let's write a song about it. Mm. But I think the difficult thing in the new year is thinking about another subject of what we're going to write about. Or, you know, is it going to be a, something that's happened in something my life? Something turn up. I don't know. Yeah. It's I just want to probably write something off the cuff. Um, but whether it's about music, we write about music, I don't know. But mm. it's we're going to have to come up with something. And um, I suppose really... 
it, it you know it might be about playing the blues guitar. Well, it's it's a strange thing because you know music we we sort of grow up with music yeah. around us, soundtrack to our lives, and. Very much like somebody said to me, whatever your situation is, and I'm not going to get all spiritual, but whatever your situation is, there's something about it in the Bible, right? There's normally a situation. And music is the same. No matter how you're feeling, yeah. whether it's love, whether it's loss, whether it's whatever, yeah. there's a song for it. And then all of a sudden, you have a blank page and you can actually create something yeah. that that is actually directly mm. you know, in touch with that emotion yeah. or that feeling. And that's a very a powerful yeah. um, thing to have. And it is therapeutic and it does clear your mind of thought yeah. and it consumes you. And, it, and you, you would have found many times you're driving to and from London, if you get an idea for a song in your head or you get an idea for a lyric, all of a sudden you're in London and you don't even know how you got there. You've just been thinking about lyrics. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm. It's not like you're looking at every traffic light. I mean, obviously you're driving safely, but you just get there and you think, oh, I'm here. Yeah. You've been thinking about lyrics, themes, stuff, and it can consume you like that. Yeah, I think we also talked about, because I'm associated with uh, South End Rugby Club, it was yep. their 150th year last year, and I was going to write a song about that. But I got a little bit, not uptight about it, because I thought there's so many people involved at the club. If you mention one or two names, you're going to upset, well, why didn't you, write, why didn't you put my name on it? I don't think you can put names into a song because it might upset somebody or it might they might not mm. be there in years to come. You have to say, instead of calling Fred Bloggs, if he's the secretary, he's like the secretary of the club did the, yeah, you know, and, it. Yeah, and, 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 you know, do that. But it's um, you can't write about 150 years in, in um, you know, in three minutes of a song. But I think maybe we can look at maybe a personal experience or in the future or something that, mm. you know, sport-wise... Is there, any, is there anything that we've done so far where you've looked at a lyric or you've you've read it back or you've heard the song and you suddenly thought, I didn't realise I felt that way or I didn't it really took you by surprise that that that, that emotion or that feeling had come out of you? Well meeting my new partner. Yeah. And then how we wrote that song, I just don't know. Yeah, you just I kind just of... it just you know, we we wrote that very, very quickly. Yeah. The night we first met the night we first met. Yeah. You wore that dress. I was drinking a beer. You were supping wine. Yeah. You weren't even there. Yeah. And the way you sort of said, well, what did you, you know, it was in yeah. the pub and we went for a meal and this and that. Has it really been a year that the mm. first kiss? And I just thought, do you know what? Um, well, I hope people listen to it when it comes out. I'm sure they will. I mean, because the thing is, we're, we're, without being funny, you and I are quite blokey. Yeah. Right? When we we're having a drink, oh, mate, how you doing? All right. And, and then yeah. all of a sudden, you've got this quite deep. Yeah side to yourself I'm surprised with, at how know. I put some words to the paper and uh, you, know, you know it's not just all being me you've you said well what did you do did you have a drink did you have something to eat and I said yeah and he said well this sounds quite catchy hmm. but let's reverse that let's say that for a little bit later on um it's um it's quite yeah. deep it is you know for, for you know be bearing in mind that you and I probably you probably use a plethora of swear words to describe a rabbit going into a hole yeah. and all of a sudden you know, but I don't think you can beat my town. My, my town was just fun. It was, and it was. Um, well, that got me going. That that's got me off on this 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 wagon of writing songs now. Well, um, but why I, not? I don't, I, you know, I, being a, a chauffeur, obviously, I'm stuck in a car all day. I don't work in an office environment. But every, every now and then, when I bump into people, I, I, I just said, yeah, because I, I do put it on social media that you know I've gone into the studio, I've produced number song number two or three, and people 
say laugh at you it doesn't really matter you know so what but I've done it have they mm. I don't know but to go out there and actually perform it okay yes it's been in the studio to actually write it yes it's been on the help with you you've put it all together on the mixing desk the tape desk whatever you want to yeah, call it yeah but that's it. what George Martin did that for the Beatles and you if it hadn't been for you doing that and, and getting behind me and, and encouraging me then we wouldn't be here today even doing this podcast but I can actually turn around or say such word guitar you know I can go to my grave and hopefully it's a long long time for today say do you know what I'm a songwriter yeah uh, not a very good one. But no, not a, a bad one either. I'm a songwriter <laughs> and a musician, and I, I I feel, you know, it's an achievement. Well, you're I taking suppose, pleasure yeah. from music, right? You're yeah. taking enjoyment from music. I suppose to some people, it's probably like scoring a hat trick for your local football team, or taking five wickets three weeks on a trot, or you know, whatever. You know, if, performing well at a, a sporting level, but it can't be taken away from you. No. That's the thing as well, right? You've got Once you've written, songs. it's history, isn't it? It's that's it. It's it can't be taken away from you. So John Wagstaff, songwriter, and musician, and musician, <laughs> and Johnny Bass. Johnny Bass. Johnny yeah, we've Bass. got to sort this name out. We need to have a, a duo because obviously it's got to go out there. I, I don't know what we're going to call ourselves. We'll sort something out. Marky and John, M and J. I'll carry on promoting it. I'll carry on promoting it. We'll, yeah, we'll see what all we can I do. want is to get it out there because then people can listen, and you know if I get two likes then that's two more than I thought I was going to get and you know we've put these songs on YouTube and uh, mm. I know social media everyone has a laugh and a joke and obviously social media can be very very dangerous but, uh, but it's out there it's, it's out, out there and if people don't like it they don't like it and if they want to say mm, you can't sing or you can't play or you can't write so what so yeah it doesn't matter does it doesn't matter no you it's yeah. uh, you'll always get keyboard warriors yeah. Whether I'll be playing at um, Buckingham Palace and playing on the roof of Buckingham Palace like Brian May did. They would let a couple, like, a couple no, of scruffs no. like us in there, would they? I think I'd break it my <laughs> way. But no, it, I have to say, it, it's it's been a fun journey. And I, I, I would like to say that the journey's not even over yet. It's no, no, good. it's not even halfway. Well, no, especially now we've picked up the guitar. But mm. um, I just... I do have this thing, I think I can run before I can walk. And I suppose it's like everything, really. You know, everyone thinks they can hit sixes. Well, no, you've got to, yeah. you've got to play the defensive shot first. Everybody wants it yesterday, right? Yeah. We, all, we all want it yesterday. Yeah. Um, I teach kids who, who come in here and they want to jump around like five seconds a summer. And when they can't, yeah. when they've got to go home and work on the yeah. scales, they get bored mm. very quickly. But I have to say, I mean, what you said, you asked me a question, what, what's, what frightens me about music? Or I can't what's, remember you What's frustrating about What's frustrating music? is... I've seen you perform a lot, uh, a lot of the time, and and you know live, and I just sometimes wish I wish I could do that and have that confidence to doing it, but you've had what, I don't know, thirty years. I grew practice. up playing grew guitar, up so I, I've never had any no, and it's any fear of it. No, but I still I do get I still do get yeah. the fear. New venues, I still are still terrifying. New people. Places where you're not very well known, still I still get the nerves. I don't just walk up there. It's, it's not like, you know, it's not like I, I go and work in a bank or anything like that. I just go to work. I get the nerves. I get edgy, and sometimes I get put in the wrong venue. So just a quick one before we end this session. Yes. Me having been the interviewee and you're the interviewer. Yes. Okay. In reverse, I would just like to ask you: Would be the highlight of your career playing at the Cavern? Um. I would say it's one of them. Yeah, I'd say it's it's up to play there. Yeah, if I had to choose one moment to have to have played there and sold it out with a tribute, yeah, I think. 
I always remember you said that. It's, yeah. It can't be taken away from me. There are other places for other reasons. Playing Butlins at Bognor and yeah. playing it because I grew up there practically. So to play the yeah. places there. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, I'm hoping that that won't be it, that there'll be something else that comes along that will, that will top it. But I just want to tell the people out there, I mean, having known Marcus through the cricket club, he did perform live there many a time. But he um, had this uh, white guitar and uh, he ended up playing it out on the square. I did. About 100 yards away from the doors. <laughs> but he didn't have to come back in through the front door. Marcus came in through the window. Remember that? <laughs> yeah. Do you remember that? We yes, put the ladders out and you came in still playing it. Do you yeah, remember? I do remember that. I was yeah. younger then and, and that thinner. Was, I could that get was, through the um, <laughs> uh, that, that will always stick in my mind. And, uh, and I think a lot of people who were associated with that cricket club back in those days would always never forget about the Christmas and you'll always be known for Ernie. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, oh, goodness. And it's, I think a lot of people to this day say, oh, can you play Ernie? I still, yeah, I still get asked for it, yeah. Still, yeah. even now, I play over there. And and when I pop in, when I go over there, they, they, they kind of, uh, yeah, they, they, they treat me like an old, a real and old mate. And I think mate. it's I was, like when you go to, and I saw you um, down on the um, the social media channel for the Hoy and Helmet, I think people got you to play the uh, Fools and Horses thing. Didn't that's they? right. Like that, yeah. Yeah. You've got to be brave enough to just do it. And it's not, um, it's just confidence. Yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't, you know, I couldn't drive a car for a living. Yeah. I couldn't, it's what I do. So when, when people like yourself or, or people like my partner, Cheryl, when they, they talk to me and I work with them and, I had, and my daughter said to me, how do you do it? Because of course everything now, if you want to know the chords and the words to a song, you print it off. Yeah. I listen to it like I did when I was 10 and, you know, 15 years old, listen to it and work it out. And people, how do you do it? It's just because that's what I've always done. So it's not, it's like I wonder how Venus Williams serves and, and I wonder how, you know, Eric Bristow used to throw a dart under that much pressure. That's just what they do. Mm. And my job happens to be, and, and, and the best thing about my job is that I get to work with people and I get that um, the eureka moment where people look at me and go, I think I can do this. Yeah, I think I've got this, and for me, that's you make a difference. I wanted to make a difference, yeah. and I never made a difference world on a world level, but I've made a difference to people because they've written songs. But, but for someone like yourself, being a professional musician and uh, teacher, unfortunately, COVID sort of hit you badly because you couldn't go out and perform. Totally. But I think hopefully, what with Christmas coming up, you've got a few things lined up yourself. But I just hope next year, for your sake, I mean. To see, I, mean, I want. I've always said to you, let, let me come along, bring my camera, take some photographs. But it'd be great to see us out there. Well, not us, you. <laughs> I'll be the one carrying the drinks. <laughs> but no, it'd be great if you could sort of see you perform live. And I'd love to see that Oasis band again. Well, we're not we're not going anywhere yet. We've got a couple more years in us before we do anything else. Well, here, here's something for you, Marcus. I'm 60 in 2023. Let's let's get together. Let, even if you <laughs> even if you t turn up your band, just pull me out of the crowd and let's play my town. <laughs> we could All do right. that. We could do that. Yeah. We could maybe get Simon on the drums to do the you know, hammering I'll the tempos. I'll do that. Fence posts, and we could do my town. So we're officially invited now. That's an early invite. I know. Oh, yeah, there's only six of us going. <laughs> <laughs> Five band members and me. <laughs> uh, John, it's been a pleasure, mate. Always yeah. a pleasure to see you. I hope you've enjoyed the experience talking about your songwriting. Yeah, I have. I have. It's. Um, it's been brilliant, and uh, I just want to just sort of um, take this into the next year, and uh, hopefully that um, you know we can go on to bigger and better things. Because if I pick this blues guitar up, who knows? We could probably, I could do a guitar guitar solo on a song. You don't know. 
right? You've got to just deal with a now. Yeah. You know, you know what you want to do, you know what you want to achieve, and you know, keep you're always moving forwards. Mm -hmm. And you know, when we work together, I've taught people who, who don't go home and don't practice. Go home and they come up the next. The only time to pick up the guitar is and you with know me. if they haven't practiced. And I know you know. Believe me, yeah. but with you, you you always put the work in, and you've always yeah. have put the work in. Yeah. And uh, and I've our never, band has know, been brilliant, isn't it? That's what it's about. You, isn't it? you never tell me off. You just look at me. You say no. <laughs> Just, you pull the plug out, don't you? I just pull the plug out, yeah. Well, okay. I'm going to pull the plug on that interview. But, John, um, pleasure, mate. I'm really glad you were able to join me today. I hope you had fun. Um, and I really enjoyed the lesson before this where yeah, we were working on some good. guitar. So, listen, on a personal level, you know you've got to practice. Yep. Get, get out there and practice. I'll see you in a couple of weeks. Thanks for listening in. I'll be back with another guest uh, next week. Um, and until I do, don't forget the website, www.innovationstudios.com. You can email me at innovationstudiosuk at gmail. And the usual suspects are there, Facebook, Instagram, and all of that social media. Innovation Studios, look me up. Um, and carry on listening. Don't forget the final curtain call on Fridays at 6 o'clock. And don't forget there is a road story every weekday at 5 o'clock. All right, take care of yourselves. I'm out of here. Yours in music signing off. Bye-bye for now.